With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Chemist Warehouse June catalog sale ends this week. Find Calvin Klein Euphoria for Men, 50 mil, now only $39.99. This is In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yes, indeed. Mark Watson, alongside of me, All Black, great. We celebrate all things Crusaders because we are just down to four teams now. The Brumbies getting up over the Hurricanes, 37-33. Chiefs getting up over the Reds, 29-20. The Blues beating the Waratahs, 41 points to 12. And the team we're going to focus on beating the Fiji and Drua, 49 points to 8. Meaning this weekend, we see the Crusaders take on the Blues. We see the Brumbies travel across the ditch and play the Chiefs in Hamilton. Justin Marshall, good evening. Welcome. Good evening. Yes. Um, yeah, thanks for everybody joining us for In The Red and uh, yep, we're down to four Watto, who could have believed um, that we would be at this point of the season it seems to have come up so quickly Well we're really down to three and a half because the Crusaders are just decimated with injury, they'll be lucky to be able to put half a team out with the way things are going What's your understanding of the injury crisis and just how many players are actually out in regards to players that you could argue would have been you know, in a 23 starting squad of all fit yeah, well, there's a few. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Sam Whitelock fits, fits the category. Uh, he, he's not available. So these are the recent ones, um, you know, given that there's been uh, a long run of them right from the start of the season. But Cullen Grace, he's done because he dislocated his kneecap. Um, there, there is a rumour that Dominic Gardner might be back this weekend because yes. they have lost Zach Gallagher at the weekend. So that could be good news. Um, and, you know, in terms of David Harvelli um, and... Uh, also, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of outside backs that are already out. Um, yeah, they, they've, they've got some back, but they still are quite decimated by injury, it'd be fair to say. You're going to take on a Blues team who might just be getting it right at the right time of the year. They don't seem to have quite the injury crisis Friday night. No. Um, are you nervous on this one, Justin? Uh, not nervous. I think excited. I think the challenge um, from the Blues will be a formidable one, which, which is great. It's great for the contest. It's great for the game. Uh, I do agree with you that they've uh, struck some sort of form. Um, yeah, look, they've still been wavering a little bit at times um, and, and fluctuated uh, in games. But in general, they've still managed to formulate wins out of, out of those fluctuations. And that's the key. That's the key to being a top four team is... You know, you win, you win the messy ones. Uh, you know, the minor Pacifica one um, springs to mind. You know, the ones that could get away from you and be quite costly at the, you know, at this stage of the season, they've managed to still bank those those wins. Uh, and yeah, they don't have the injury crisis. Obviously, they they lost Tui Pilotu, who was who was a big miss um, for them. But yeah, I, I think uh, that they've hit form, um, and I think we're we're set for a really good game. Um, it doesn't it doesn't make me nervous. It, it does make me excited because I believe that this is the type of challenge that the Crusaders need. You know, there's lots of focus on the injuries. There's lots of focus on the fact that they're at home. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they are very good at winning finals. So, you know, the, to, to have a, a team coming, 
who is in form, who doesn't have injury problems, and is a worthy semi-finalist, if not finalist, uh, it, it just takes that air of complacency out of the mix. And I think that's a good thing for this Crusaders side leading into this match. I want you to tell me, how does Scott Robertson do it? Because it's a side that week by week seems to be plagued by injury. New players come in, but the machine doesn't really stop. There doesn't seem to be any real sort of stuttering in it. Everybody just comes in, they just fill into that slot, and the momentum, um, the belief, the cohesion just seems to roll on. Well, yeah, it does. And, and, you, and you look at the fact um, that, that they lost, you know, Mitchell Drummond, um, they lost Noah Hotham to the under-20s, uh, and then uh, Willie Hines as well. Uh, so they, they lost their three big halfbacks in the game, and a young Chapman and Co stepped up in, in that um, Hurricanes game. And yes, they lost the game ultimately, but they didn't suffer in that position. They didn't look out of sorts, and you know, you're know you right. It's, they, they seem to be able to fill those spots, even when they're down to their third and fourth choices, which they have been in the front row this year, um, you know, in, in the locks at times where they've had injury problems there. Um, the loose forwards in particular, you know, I don't think Christian Leo Willie, when he turned up uh, at the start of the season for the Crusaders, would, would be expecting to play the game time that he has when you look at the fact that they had Tom Christie, Cull- uh, Tom Christie Cullen Grace and Ethan Blackadder uh, in the mix. You know, that he wouldn't have been thinking that he was going to be playing much rugby at all, um, you know. So yeah, the players that fit in fit in well, and and you know I think that's credit to the coach, it's credit to the culture, and equally the game plan that they they believe uh, in their squad, and w- w- should they need to use their squad, players can fit in there without them breaking their rhythm. Mm. Justin, I mean, they've had the measure over the Blues. I think it's one win in the last 18. I think if I go back to the round robin and some of the statistics that came out during that game, the Blues were brilliant in defence, but when it was all said and done, the Crusaders won again. Um, What is it that the Blues just don't get? Why can't they seem to break this Crusaders team down? Is it a mental block? Do they believe they can win in Christchurch? I'm sure they but they believe they can win, and and they've definitely got the firepower to do so. Like if you look across the board at their at their pack, at, at their you know their generals, you know got two All Blacks at nine and ten. Um, they've got some outstanding talent out wide again, including All Blacks, um, All Blacks in the loose forwards, um, in the front row. So I don't think you can question their cattle. Uh, but what you do have to question is, yeah, what, why do they struggle um, predominantly against the Crusaders, you know, when they don't tend to have the same problem with many of the other sides in the comp? And I, I look back to, you know, the, the, the final last year in particular. Uh, I thought they defended their heart out in the round-robin game at the start of the season this year. But, you know, that was just resilience. But they, they didn't do really good tactical things in that game to put themselves in a better position. And, you know, this is what flips me back onto the final where equally they just they just got out thought in terms of game plan. I think Scott Robertson did a number on them. Um, the senior players did. The Crusaders rolled into town and they just had a game plan and and, uh, and, and implemented it on the, the evening in the final where, where it didn't give the Blues a sniff. And I thought, you know, it was equally the same in the round-robin match. The only difference was the Blues actually probably learnt a little bit from the final and hung on defensively for a lot longer in Christchurch earlier in the year. But eventually they were going to concede because they just weren't playing in the right areas. Their kicking strategy was really poor in that game. I think if you remember, a lot of the yep. criticism that came out of that game was on Bowden Barrett. 
um, and and, uh, and and Finley Christie, and in general their kicking game, um, because they they aimlessly kick the ball away a lot after defending for long periods. So tactically, they're being outthought, and tactically in the heat of the moment, their key drivers and perhaps their game plan is not as as good as the Crusaders. That's what I boil it down to, because I think when you look at talent for talent, you know the the, the Blues arguably with all the Crusaders injuries have probably got better talent in their side hmm. at the moment. Oh, oh, look, I think it is. I mean, we talked about it. I think the Crusaders just get it done because of the culture. And I think that starts and, you know, right down to how you guys have just been um, put into the, you know, Crusaders Hall of Fame. You, you're reminded of your past right through to mm-hmm. clearly the communication, even the succession and the coaching group. Everything is yep. just done with one eye two years from now. It's not just in the here and the now. And yeah, it's a machine that's very hard to beat. Will Jordan, um, we spoke a couple of weeks ago that he's not at his best yet. What did you make of his performance against the Fiji and Drew? And he's, is he starting to get back into his best form? Yeah, he's starting to get better. Uh, yeah, he's certainly not by his high standards back to the level that he was, but that was a pretty high level when you think about it. Arguably one of the best players in the world uh, last year. So you know that's a that's a very high pedestal to be on and, and to to get back to when you've uh, been out for a very long time uh, at the weekend again, I thought he showed um, uh, growth in, in his game. Uh, he scored uh, one try and uh, obviously got the other one ruled out due to, due to being in front of the the kicker. Um, but you know his speed looked there. Um, and I certainly feel that, you know, when you look at the way that he's starting to now getting more involved, um, stepping up as a first receiver, uh, I think he probably just needs to maybe, when he was playing well, uh, he, he was getting himself in position as a second receiver. So, yes, he was looking to find the ball, but he wasn't predominantly always a first receiver and taking the pressure off Moonga. At times he was feeding off Moonga or other first receivers and using his speed and that to beat defenders, particularly third or fourth uh, defenders in the defensive line. And at the moment, he's probably just not got that feel and that rhythm back of where he's most lethal in attack. But that's just going to come with, obviously, like feeling his way back into the game and recognising what he was doing well a year ago. Mm. Justin, I mean, throughout the round, Robin, there were some big clashes. We've already seen the Crusaders, the Blues a couple of times, Crusaders versus the Chiefs, yep. etc. But this is now basically knockout footy. This is basically cup final week. If you lose this, that's the end of your season. So as a player, um, throughout the regular season, as I said, big games where I'd imagine you feel it, you're aware of what's coming. But the mindset of the players in a week like this, does it go to another level? Is there, Do you feel the pressure even more? Is there a noticeable lift in intensity? Um, are you are you maybe not as relaxed as, say, you might have been or as much as what you were through the regular season? Yeah, good question. To, to a degree, uh, you are, but your senses are always heightened because you know, in the round robin, it, it sets you up to be where you are now. So you can't afford to have moments of switching off. And, uh, you know, like the, the, these, both of these sides have had those moments throughout the season. You know, the Crusaders losing to the Indrua um, is a classic example of that, you know. And, you know, had, had, had they probably been on point for that game, there's a possibility they could be challenging the Chiefs to have a home final. But that didn't eventuate. So that shows you that. You've got you've got to be on your on your metal every weekend. Um, but yeah, absolutely, as a player, the significance of uh, not being 
fully prepared or being slightly off. I don't think the intensity is different. It's just the realisation that there is no next week um, is very evident in the week of preparation. And, and you're kind of very well reminded um, constantly that, you know, should you be slightly off, um, there's no making up for it later in the year because this is it. It's the now. And uh, I think that's probably the thing the players um, are really aware of and really focus on. But in the same breath, it gets you really motivated and really driven and you know, does get you on edge to, to make sure that you are in that right frame of mind. And equally, Watto, um, you've slightly got to change your mindset to a degree. Now, how much you do that is really, really important. And when I say mindset, I say, what I'm saying is your game management. Now, you know, there's, there's, there's times during the regular season where these sides are chasing bonus points or, you know, the significance of being knocked out because they don't take penalty goals. Well, you know, still, if you get that slightly wrong, that decision-making, there is still next week. Well, now there's not. But do you then take penalty goals when your game plan throughout the year has been so good that you've turned them down and got more points? You know, this this all changes, and, and it's quite significant. I thought at the weekend, out of all the games, the Hurricanes was the one side that went to knockout mode mindset. And... They they took all pretty much all of their points and shots when they when they needed to, apart from when they were chasing the game. Whereas the Brumbies, they still backed their lineout drive and they turned down quite kickable threes, and got more reward. So this is the balance you've got to get right. And and the Hurricanes will look at it and go, well, you know, when they played the Crusaders the week before, they 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 didn't take any shots at goal, mm. you know. But but all of a sudden. Did the, why did Artie Savia's decision-making change? There was times where I went, oh, that's interesting. They're taking the three. And they're even taking threes from about 45, 48 metres out. So that's the balance you've got to get right. Yeah, of, and, and I guess and I guess the danger is there too. Are you sending a message to your opposition? Hey, they don't believe. They're going yeah. to take the three points. They don't believe in their set-piece. Yes. They don't believe in their scrum. They don't believe they can score. So are we psychologically already got one up on them? And I guess that's the danger too, isn't it? The message. It is, yeah, and, and you know that's where leadership and captaincy and all of that comes in. You've got to have a real feel for the game, you know, and that's where guys like Sam Whitelock are key. Now he's missing, and and he has that feel. He he's been to too many finals and too many big World Cup rugby games um, to not know how to get a sense of where the game's sitting. Now Scott Barrett's, yes, he's very good and he's a good captain, but he's not got. He, he, he relies and looks at guys like Sam Whitelock. So he he's a massive loss for the Crusaders because, you know, he, he gets a feel for when you've got the opposition on the rack and they've just made 25 tackles in their 22 and you've got a penalty out in front of the post. But, you know, instead of taking the three, you go, we can get seven out of this, so you take the scrum. You know, those, those things are uncoachables. And that's where having key players out really hurt you. Yeah, that ability to have clarity too under pressure. It is 15 yeah. minutes after 7. You are listening to SENZ. This is In the Red. Mark Watson alongside of me, All Black, great Crusader, great Justin Marshall. Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrances. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. 20 minutes after 7, celebrating all things Crusaders in the red. Mark Watson, all black, great Crusader, great Justin Marshall with me. Uh, Justin, I love a bit of nostalgia. We've been talking about the legacy and the history of the Crusaders. Um, and you've always got to have those players that are the glue, those players that sometimes go unrecognised. I wanted to ask you about a player of yesteryear and get your thoughts, because I remember doing a function with them years ago, and that is Daryl Lilly. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> the flower, yeah, we called but, him. But a really, really good, really good player, Daryl, you know, and, yep. and, and very unassuming, you know, didn't maybe always get the credit, but you could always rely on him. Yeah, you could. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was a, a great um, acquisition for us. Um, Daryl Lilly came down from uh, Taranaki and uh, he was involved in the, the earlier days of the Crusaders. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. When we had some very good fullbacks around at the time, um, he just made that position his. And he was one of those players that just fat, he, he just was able to seamlessly sort of get himself into the system. And, and he really enjoyed the style and the game plan that the Crusaders played. Um, he had a really good knack and eye for for the ability to, to sneak a gap or two and uh, was a good counter-attacker and very good goal kicker as well. He, he was a he was an absolutely brilliant player um, for us and really important and integral to the Crusaders, particularly through those foundation years. Yeah, I think I, last time I heard, I think he might have been involved in the first 15 programme at New Plymouth Boys High School. Uh, one other player mm. I want to talk about, and it goes back to the final against the Highlanders back in 99, where I think you might have knocked in, knocked on underneath the posts. Was I correct there, Justin? Did you knock on underneath the posts? When was this? 99 <laughs> final against the Highlanders. Didn't you reach, oh, yes, I did. Didn't you You're reach right, out you know, and you just lost the ball forward? I did indeed, actually. Yeah, I was just short and I um, went to reach out and, and as I was trying to get my arm down, I couldn't keep control of it and butchered that try, Watto. It wasn't, wasn't the first and definitely wasn't the last. <laughs> oh, so, no, uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being a bit cheeky and bringing it up. I, I, I want to ask, I wanna ask you about Afato Sawalo, who actually ended up scoring a great try for you guys to win mm-hmm. that game 24-19. I, I was um, sports marketing manager at Nike back in 99, 2000, 2001, and we looked after the Canterbury side and I had a little bit to do. Yeah. Um, with a Fato Soalo, uh, have you you know what he's up to these days? What are your memories of him? Oh, look uh, again, just another player that really thrived in the system at, at Canterbury and and at the Crusaders. Uh, I think a Fato, um, well, he was back in uh, Samoa. Uh, he's heavily, heavily involved in um, some community, a lot of the community work over there. Um, I think he was doing some form of teaching the last I saw, but. Uh, yeah, just a mercurial player. Um, you know, we, we were really, we were really, what, how, how would I describe this? Through, you know, the sort of late 90s, um, we were very orientated around defence, you know, because it won us a final in Canberra. Uh, and, and it just made us realise that if we if we stopped teams from scoring points against us and we picked up the odd try ourselves, uh you know, that was a good formula for winning games. And that math is quite sensible, isn't it, really? Um, so what what we needed when we had that method of, of defence is when we did actually get an opportunity, and we were quite happy to give the opposition 60, you know, 65% of the ball and territory um, and just defend and frustrate them. Um, but when we did get our 40 or 35% of the ball, we needed that X factor that, you know, we knew that we had good, good centres, we, we could... Uh, piece lots of phases together. We could go really direct, but when a moment was created, what was created, we had finishes. And Afato Suolo was one of the best that you would ever come across. His ability to sniff that chance and then capitalise on it again was just so important for us because he was kind of the foil to the method that we were playing. That that unpredictable sort of spontaneous guy that could just turn a game. Yeah, I, I, you know, you talk to Blues fans and they talk about that one player that you, you just 
they stood back and just went wow, and that was Thal Thal and Walker. Mm-hmm. Who are those types yeah. of players that you've come across during your time um, in the Crusaders, and maybe even at an All Black level? That well, not, maybe well, maybe not so much an All Black level, but just those players. You think, man, how did they do that? And you just know that maybe with I don't know a little bit more direction or a little bit more support, or maybe with a little bit more discipline off the field, could have you know created a legend. Well, I think probably one that really springs to mind, and, and people will remember him. Um, well, uh, and he is he is he is dearly missed as well, and was just the life and sort of uh, joy of, of our of our system and our success was Norm Berryman. Yeah, you big know, storm like, and Norman. Yeah, the fact the fact that he he never um, probably got the opportunities he's deserved in the All Black jersey, but yet the 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 type of player that he was and the personality he was off the field, you know, he was. He was a cruiser, uh, and there was no bigger cruiser than Norm Berryman. But whenever he put that headgear on uh, and he ran out for us as a crusader, uh, you know, he just had the had that uncanny ability to just do things on the rugby field that many others couldn't. Yeah, um, yeah he probably didn't have the speed. Well, he did, definitely didn't have the speed of Rupini um, and and Marika Vunambaka, but he just had that natural, um, mouldy uh, skill level and awareness of the game that that you know what it is what you'll remember because you know it's your part of the world um up up up, up north um you know the going brothers those yep. those mercurial yep. northland players yep. that just were they they were the heart and soul of the type of rugby that New Zealanders well, are really famous for playing, and Norm Berry was he he was he epitomised that. He well, was well, that type yeah, of player. well, Rui South Albotha originally out of Northland too, before he sort of made his way yes. to the Blues as well. And you can go watch the highlight reels of some of the wonderful tries he scored. Hey, look, Justin, I just want to ask you, and I'm always just curious, as and I'm sure our listeners are. Can you just take us through? How your day looked in the build-up to a Super Rugby final from when Justin Marshall woke up to running out onto the ground? I mean, do you wake up nervous? Um, how does breakfast look? What are your expectations individually? Are you quiet? When do you start gathering with the team? When do you start thinking about it? I'm always curious yeah. about this. Yeah, well, for night rugby, um, it usually involved a late night for me. You know, I'd try and... Try and um, keep my mind occupied by watching TV or playing cards. You know, we were quite good at um, having a good card group. Uh, Andrew Mertens was um, the key guy that always had a pack of cards with him. And, uh, you know, we try, I'd try and stay up to at least midnight for, for a night game so that I could sleep into, you know, uh, sort of around sort of 10, 10.30 in the morning um, to try and sort of cut that time. Because, yeah, I, when I woke, you know, particularly for a final, I was aware that you know this this was a big day, and I like I, I like to chew up a bit of time by having my eyes closed rather than be awake and worry about it. Um, and and then it was just sort of trying to get yourself, I guess, prepared for what you're about to do later on that evening, and that was making sure that you didn't feel fatigued. Um, you know, I often went out for a walk with Todd Blackadder. We did a a couple of blocks, and then we'd go for a coffee. Um, that was a regular routine that him and I had, and just the two of us would just go for a wander and have a coffee. And um, you know, it wasn't until sort of mid-afternoon that the the system and the team would set in, where the backs and forwards would get together, etc. Um, but yeah, I, I was the type of guy that liked to get to myself, uh, get myself to the point that when when I got in that last huddle, um, you know, a minute before, which was our last moment as a team, and the captain and the leaders spoke that by that stage, all that nervous energy was inside me. My heart was racing, um, and I was absolutely pumped up to go out, run out onto that field and get stuck in. Yeah, so everything for me was building up 
to that moment. And uh, that, that's just how I would structure my day to make sure I had that feeling in my gut um, that a minute to go, um, you know, all of that energy was within me. It hadn't been spent anywhere else. It was all ready to be unleashed on whoever was out there um, trying trying to take away our glory from us on the day. How long did it take you to establish those protocols to know what worked, the walk around the block with Todd Blackadder, sitting down, having that yeah. cup of coffee, knowing that, hey, this is going to get my nervous system up to where I need to be at 7.30 tonight? Yeah, it took a while. Uh, you know, I, I once tried mowing the lawns on the morning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> And, you, and you're knocked, uh, and you're knocked uh, on against the Highlanders underneath the posts in a final. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so that didn't work. But yeah, I, I, it took me a little bit of time to to learn my body, to learn, um, I guess, when there is that part of the day where you do have a lull, um, and to try and sort of reinvigorate myself because you could get lethargic, and and you'd probably want to have a sleep sometimes. So. Yeah, I think it, t- it took me a little bit of time to figure it out. Um, but the good thing is you could practice the method during the regular season until you got it right and then find the right people around you. Like, mate, literally would avoid Mertz at all costs because like Norm Berryman, he, he would joke right up until kicking off the ball, yeah. <laughs> let alone a minute before running out. And I found that massively distracting because I thought he wasn't focused. But he was. That was just his way of yeah. not getting over anxious and over nervous. So it was kind of just a different preparation. So, yeah, gather around the right people, avoid others, um, and then sort of get your system yeah. uh, right for yourself. It, it, Justin, and I know we're running out of time, and I've got a couple of things I need to ask. But just while I've got you here, I'm just fascinated yeah. by this. And look, I know from my own experience in you know endurance sports, some days you go out and you just feel a little bit flat. And then you're thinking, you know, and then you might end up running up a long hill and your heart rate gets up and stop, get some order. And then suddenly you're clicking and you feel really good on the second half of a run. When you go out onto the rugby field and you get out there and you, how early on do you know whether you're up? And do you have those occasions where you think, man, I feel a little bit flat? And if that is the case, how do you snap out of that? Does it just require somebody tackling your heart or how do you deal with that? Good teammates, really good teammates. And yeah, absolutely. And you can have. You know, that, that feeling like I described and how I wanted to get myself um, particularly prepared to go out there and and, um, and and expend all that energy and you can you can knock the ball on and you can um, fire out a poor pass or you can kick the ball out in the full or you can miss a really important tackle early on and, and all of a sudden you, you sort of start to drift. And, and, and that's, that's that can be catastrophic, not only for you as an individual, but for the team as well. And, you know, there, there's been plenty of instances where that's, that's happened to me. Uh, but the good thing about that Crusaders uh, culture in particular um, was the fact that, you know, there was that, that there was that ability to be honest. And that was one of the one of the key words that was always used, honesty. And your teammate would be quite um, uh, uh, have the ability to be able to pick you up off the ground and give, give you a smack around the ass and say, come on, mate, that's just not good enough. Get your head in the game, you know, come on, switch on. Right. Do something. Do something. Um, big for us in the next two minutes. And that, that that was a regular trend that happened in the games when players were off. And I would do it myself to others. And uh, sometimes you wouldn't say it nicely and you would, you you, you know, there, there would be a 10-word sentence and six of them would be swear words, but they're all meant to get a response. Um, and that that's about the ability of the person that's getting that um, message of not dropping their lip and not thinking they've been picked on, but saying, hey, mate, you're not up to our standards. Get your head in the game. Get get your shit together, and 
you know, get get on program here because we need you. Yeah, and I'd imagine that'll be no different this weekend when they t- well, this Absolutely. Friday night when they take on the blue. There'll be still both sides. There'll still be that, and there'll still be those discussions. Yep. There'll still be those instigators. Normally, the halfbacks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the other side of it. <laughs> You're always in a good position as a halfback to criticise the forwards, particularly when they're lying on the ground. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, Chemist Warehouse, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Who is your Crusaders DHL Pacific player of the round? Uh, I thought that Cody Taylor was my yep. DHL um, Pacific uh, Crusaders uh, Rugby Player of the Round. Um, I just think, you know, the way that he sort of architect the scrum demolition of the Endure and his work at the back of the, the, the line-out, his line-out throwing, his work around the field. He made so many tackles. Um, it was just typical Cody Taylor, and they really needed him, and they just flexed their muscles up front and basically out-physicaled the Drua, and he led it. Okay, and your DHL Super Rugby Pacific player of the round? Uh, you'll be very, really pleased to hear this, Watto. It's Mark Talia. Oh, I thought he was yeah, yeah. and has been simply outstanding, and he's just... Uh, you know, you, you, you know, Justin, you're moment. my you're my favourite Cantabrian. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, and I've even that. I've even got I've even got extended family down there, Justin. You surpassed all of them just with one Jeez, comment. I'll tell you one what, comment. I, I, I feel very uh, privileged in the pecking order. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the DHL Super Rugby Pacific catch the action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Okay, just to wrap up, Crusaders, can they get the job done this weekend against the Blues? And what sort of scoreline? They, they're, going, they're going to have to be at their very best, uh, and it's going to be a difficult um, after, uh, evening that's going to present some big challenges and, and possibly even being behind in the game. But I still think that they have the resolve, they have the, the coaching, the tactics, and the players uh, to eventually get the job done, but it won't be by many. I would, I would say six to eight points maximum. Okay, Crusaders take on the Blues, five past seven. Uh, Friday night in Canterbury. Encourage a big crowd to get along and support your Crusaders. Justin Marshall, wonderful insight. Thank you for your time tonight. Thanks, Wado. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Did I mention you're my favourite Cantabrian? You did just mention it oh, okay. only no, once, I, but you can mention it twice No, I just now wasn't sure. Yeah, no, no, fair to say, mate. Okay. <laughs> 24 minutes away from eight, you are listening to SENZ.